love it. I love how this is like also been like one of the absolute insanest weeks ever. It's like, nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. We gotta go. We got to go. So welcome everyone to the Foreign Affair Podcast. It's episode 440. There's no more time for preamble. He's Wes Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Let's get into it. The World Cup is happening, whether we wanted to or not. So let's get into the matches, and then we'll talk about literally all the other shit that's happened aside from that later after that. Um, let's go. Guess what? Spoiler. I watched Brooklyn 99 this week. That's about it. Watch forward. Done. What an amazing watch for it. We I'm glad we started with that this week. Um, all right. Uh, group A. Let's hit Group A. Uh, Netherlands got their comfortable opener win over Senegal with a couple goals late on. 2 0 was the final score there, uh, although they did look very good throughout. Um, of course, big note of that one was Sadio Mane. It was announced before the match that he would miss the World Cup, which was a big blow for Senegal's hopes. Uh, and Ecuador came out on the, the first day of the tournament and pounded Qatar 2 0. Again, yes, these were the same score lines. Qatar were never um, uh, competitive in this match is what I want to say. Never, ever competitive. Uh, Enter Valencia adding to his Ecuadorian legend with both goals in the match for his team. Um, Wes, I think going to chalk a little bit how we thought it was, especially with the with the Mane news coming out uh, here in Group A. Yeah. Um, yeah. I absolutely, absolutely hate that for um, hate that for Senegal because he was he was obviously so instrumental in getting them there. And for Mane, you look at his age, I believe Mane's like 30. I mean, this is, uh, yeah. this is, this is Mane at his absolute peak mm-hmm. world cup chance. And it just, it, it sucks for him that he's not going to get that chance now. Yeah, absolutely. That was, and that was one of my big takeaways is, you know, how, how Netherlands was kind of able to control the match uh, from <laughs> there. But, and again, um, big shout outs to the, uh, to John strong. And I think it's Stu Holden is, is his co-commentator. Yes. Um, wow. They really tried to hype up Qatar's football team. Like they really, <laughs> really tried during that match, but they just, they looked abject and, and were it not for, for something that happened in group C today, um, I would Ooh. be very willing to just say the entirety of the Middle Eastern region was was just ready to go like zero points for all of them because they're all terrible. Obviously, that might not happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I I thought Qatar looked looked so bad um, that I do think you know Senegal Senegal does get them next. They will have a chance potentially to get three points and maybe rack up some goal differential if it can come down to it with Ecuador. Um, but you know, Ecuador can also take the group kind of by the scruff of its neck if they can mm-hmm. they can get a win against Netherlands here coming up. And here's a question: When it's all said and done, is Qatar going to go down as the worst host nation team ever? Yeah, uh, I I know I know it's bandied around. The only the Got only to. the only even, host even country, South Africa won it get won a game. Yeah, they won a game, and the, and South Africa is the only t- uh, host country that did not advance to the knockouts. They still yeah. they they missed out because of goal differential. They yeah, did they actually tie for second. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Qatar Qatar is probably going to go down as the worst for for many reasons. Oh, worst World <laughs> Cup, worst uh, worst team. Yeah, yeah. This was this was really bad. So I, I'm. I'm going to be having a very interested eye on those those matches on the 25th uh, when, when Senegal plays Qatar. Um, I think this if Senegal Senegal has a chance, they still have a chance if they can go out and put like a like a four or five nil on Qatar. They definitely still have a chance in this group, but got it. Got to see it. Um, group B. Oh, oh, what could have been in Group B for a multitude of things? Um, again, uh Iran, I, I mentioned this last week, uh, with all the shit going on in their country right now, the players coming on, refusing to sing the national anthem, uh, a lot of uh, I, 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 Iranian, is, is how you say that, protesters right. in the stands um, of, of the match against England. Uh, and I said, you know, this is a team, not that they would combust, but just you have to really wonder about the mental of the of the the players and because they're in an absolutely impossible to imagine situation uh through good no on those guys 
Yeah, absolutely. They they Good did. They they were able to to score a couple against England, not when it mattered, of course. Uh, but Madidi Taremi did get a brace in the match, uh, including one late on penalty. Um, and so it, it it is awesome that they showed up. It is awesome that they are out there, and you can tell mm-hmm. they're giving a hundred percent of what they have, which is probably about. 75 percent mm-hmm. of their actual best but they're giving 100 percent um but and not only that they're giving up 100 percent fuck you to that shit going on back in their home country so hell good yeah. for those guys good hell for those yeah. guys um which you know we, we might talk a little bit about this later too uh a little bit in stark contrast to england um <clears throat> who obviously came out and and throttled them 6-2 was the final on this one um jude bellingham getting his first english goal was great um but of course a lot of the pre-match talk was mm-hmm. um there 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 had been uh, a thing where they were going to wear i i don't believe i don't remember the actual word but it was a rainbow armband i want to say one just a one love one, one love yes. armband um and and it basically came out either like i think the day before they were set to kick off is that uh, the the FIFA came out and said, okay, if you go out with those, uh, any player that's wearing one gets a yellow card. And I think it was I think it was seven countries was gonna do it. Yep, uh, I think England, I believe France, uh, I think Australia were gonna do it. Um, I know uh, Jan Vertonghen. We'll get to uh, Belgium in a little. While. Oh, we won't actually get to Belgium today because they didn't they haven't played yet. Uh, but Jan Vertonghen, even in a in a pre match press conference today, you know, basically said, uh, you know, I. I'm nervous to even talk about it because mm-hmm. I don't know what I can say that will it that could get me in trouble and then I won't be able to actually play in the World Cup. And I know I saw a lot of back and forth in the in the in the discourse, um, basically saying, well, it's hard to put this on the players. You know, this is something they've worked for, you know, their entire lives to get to this opportunity and play in this. And it's hard to ask them to then go out there and essentially take a card every match. Cause you know, those things accumulate, you get two yellows, you're, you're oh, yeah. match. So that is hard. And of course the, there's the other side of, well, yeah, but it's also the least you could do. And as you mentioned earlier, Wes, with what the Iranian players have come out and done with much bigger stakes back home <laughs> for them, right. um, they absolutely came through in a sign of protest. Um, so I definitely see both sides of this. Um, and I, I, I do feel bad for the players who have kind of been caught by this and it, it, it really, you know, we, we kind of joked about a little bit last week, uh, when we, when, uh, FIFA kind of, no, we actually, we didn't talk about this last week cause it came out after we potted, um, mm-hmm. when, uh, Qatar banned beer from the stadiums at the yeah. last minute. Um, that was, I think the moment when shit got real and you're like, Oh Oh yeah, this they they can just change anything on a moment's notice, and FIFA doesn't have the whatever to stand up to them. So mm. yeah, the players are actually kind of fucked in this situation. So I I feel terrible for them. Um, again, you can say what you want about on the pitch. England looked great, um, even mm-hmm. with Harry Maguire out there. Um, and and then you know the United States Wales match also very good. United States came out like a house of fire in the first half. Timothy Way with the goal in the 36th minute, which I think the most standout uh, moment of that goal was it looked like a a good um, World Cup team goal. And, you know, you mm-hmm. usually you, f- you feel like the United States is like that scrappy team who just, you know, it's Clint Dempsey, like throwing his entire body to get to the ball mm-hmm. against Portugal and headed in. Um, and this was like, no, this was just a great team goal that wouldn't have been out of place if France had scored or England scored. And that was like the highest praise I could give to, to the United States. Second half wasn't nearly as good. Wales came back. Bale scored the penalty, almost had a chip shot, if not had been tactically fouled from about halfway. That could have won it for Wales. Uh, well, you know, they, you know, Gareth, is, Gareth has uh, plenty of time to work on his short game. So. Oh, he, lo- he loves a good chip. Loves a good lob shot. Oh, uh, loves a good chip. Um, but so yeah, England, three points, Wales and United States, both of one Iran at zero. Um, we, we said last week, you know, whoever wins this Wales U S match is probably going to go through in second. We'll see. Uh, United States, uh, gets England next. Wales will be looking to play Iran, uh, before, uh, before the Wales and England matchup, uh, next week. Um, thoughts on group B West, obviously, you know, as, as much on the field, uh, as it was mm-hmm. off for, for this group. 
Uh, real, real, real quick and succinct on the um, the the thing about the players not wearing the bat, the armband. I understand it. It's one of those. Sure, you know, we would we would like to see them do it, but I mean, at the same time, it's easy for me, a forty year old guy who has literally no skin in this, to say, "Oh, don't be a pussy. Do what you're supposed to do." Um, it's a lot different for Harry Kane, who, once again, this is like the moment of Harry Kane's career internationally. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think there's been enough press coverage of this that it, it's out there. You know, yeah. it, it's out there that the players are not pleased about this. But at the same time, this isn't the players. To me, this isn't the players' cross to bear. This is the FA's. Yes, the English FA, the the French FA, the 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 federations around the world. You've had basically a decade to get ready for this. You knew this was coming because Qatar hadn't changed their views of life in the past decade. You knew this was coming. You knew it was going to be an issue uh, as the years have gone on and things have become more accepting. You knew this was going to be an issue. I put this on the FAs. I put this on FIFA. I put this on UEFA. I put it on all of them. It's not Harry Kane. It's not, um, uh, uh, you, you, oh God, your boy, your, your goalie. Um, oh, Hugo Lloris. It's not, it's not Hugo Lloris. You know, I know Lloris had made a comment like, you know, I don't really want to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of like putting his hands up like, look, this isn't my, this isn't my deal. And I agree with that. It's not his deal. He's there to do a job, and he's going to do his job. And those guys are. Um, so don't put this on the players. This is on the suits. This is on the suits. Uh, on the field, damn, England looked good. <laughs> they did. I mean, I'll just, I'll just start off with that. Um, I'm, I'm all in on England. Uh, I, I don't know if I even got my prediction in last week. I got it on the Twitter, I believe, right around the time the tournament started. I've got Argentina beating England in the final. <laughs> That's looking really good right now, right? Um, yeah. Uh, but England came out. They looked good. It didn't look like the heat was affecting them too much. Um, we'll see as the tournament goes along. One thing for Southgate, God, he has got depth. Mm-hmm. He has got to be smart and use his depth. If he'll do that, England could be positioned to make a run here. They've got to just keep guys healthy, keep guys ticking over. Now, apparently there's a um, Harry Kane picking up a knock in the match. Yep. Um, so he's having a scan on his ankle. God, I, I know Spurs fans, you got to be shitting me. England fans literally thinking the same thing. You've got to be shitting me, man. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes, but... Uh, you know, as far as England, I think you saw, I mean, hell, they scored six goals and Harry Kane didn't get one of them. Mm-hmm. So there is firepower in this English squad. Uh, future Liverpool player Jude Bellingham looked fantastic. I'm, I'm just trying to say that into existence, Ed. <laughs> um, speaking into existence, oh, Lord, I say. Um, but, yeah, uh, Iran, they were um, – they fought. They're just they're, – they're not at England's level and unlike another team that we're going to talk about who played another team who really wasn't at their level, uh, England went out and did what they were supposed to do, and they took care of business. Um, even Harry Maguire didn't suck on the day. Yeah, so, did not. <laughs> Harry Maguire, the complete opposite of, like, every English player ever, who they always say, oh, when they put on the England shirt, it's like putting on 10 pounds of chain mail. Uh, with <laughs> Harry Maguire, it's like, oh, I'm playing with nothing on me. <laughs> Harry Shackles might as well be off, playing. Baby. Yeah, he might as well be playing like in the nude, which I don't really want to picture that. But uh, you know, for for him, it's liberating. Um, and for him, I'll say this about Harry Maguire, and I'm I'm not trying to be funny when I say it. He's fresh. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> you know, he's not a lot of miles this season. <laughs> no, as Doc Holliday said, Tombstone. I'm fresh as the daisy. <laughs> and that's that's Harry right now. Um, as far as the U.S. and Wales, well, all credit to the United States getting that early goal. Looked like oh, if they just could have gotten that second, I think they would have just pretty much cruised on in that match. But it's, it's somewhat what we said last week. If you give Wales a chance late, if you give Gareth Bale a chance late, dude, he is deadly. 
He is deadly. A set piece from about 20 yards in for Gareth Bale. That dude literally has like a 50% chance of making that shot. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He is that damn good. Um, he's not the Gareth Bale of uh, his early Real Madrid days. He's certainly not the Gareth Bale of his Tottenham days. But he is still a player who played at a world-class level for a long time. And he has world-class ability. And in moments, Gareth Bale can still show you, holy shit, this guy's amazing. And that's exactly what he did. Good on the U.S. getting the point, but I think at the end of the day, Wales was thrilled with the point. The U.S., I think, was crushed with the point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it, it, it was weird to me. Uh, Imon Brennan, a uh, great athletic writer for college basketball and uh, and a big soccer fan as well, pointed this out on Twitter, and I, I agree with him because I was listening to this and I did double take when I heard it. I was like, Alexi Lawless was essentially saying that at halftime, the uh, the United States should kind of now sit back and 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 invite a little bit of of Wales to have the ball. And I'm like, are you are you fucking kidding? Do, do do you see what the United States just did the first half? You you want them to to not do that again? I I don't understand. That that makes no sense. Well, that's and, it. How many how many times has Wallace proved himself to be the footballing mind of our generation? God, that was that was just oh, unbelievably bad. Um, so anyway, uh, again, all to play for, for <laughs> Wales in the United States, uh, United States will have their big test here in a couple days against England. If they can at least get a point there, there, there is a good chance they can get out of this group. If not, it mm -hmm. will be very, very tough to get out. Um, over in group C, the, the, when everything had kind of mostly been going to chalk and everything conforming to our thoughts. Group C comes out here at about five o'clock in the morning and goes, ha ha ha, not so fast, fuckers. Um, wow. The Lee, the Lee Corso of groups, not so <laughs> fast, my friend. Oh, man. Argentina one, Saudi Arabia two. That's um, 36 consecutive unbeaten Argentina. Oh, uh, everything started off great for Argentina. Go ahead, sorry, go had ahead. Demolished, had demolished the best of South America, the best of Europe. Had no problems with anyone. It's like, oh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, of course, they're going to be the ones to get Argentina. The giant killers that they are. That's that's why they bought Newcastle. Um, no, they're killers, all right. Never mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Um, things started off well for Argentina in the match. Messi getting to convert the penalty in the 10th minute. You think Argentina's just going to cruise. Uh, Argentina actually had, by my, I believe, three goals, if I remember correctly, uh, right. called offsides uh, due to VAR. Uh, so you're thinking, okay, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to cruise. Uh, Saudi Arabia was playing a, a, I would describe it as a Liverpool high line, um, AKA a suicide high line at times. Um, mm -hmm. and we're getting burned on it pretty well. Again, VAR did, VAR did help them out there, but in the second half, they backed off ever so slightly, got a couple good bounces and put in two goals in the first 10 minutes of the half and just completely flipped the match on its head. Um, and from that point on, Argentina really couldn't get anything going. Saudi Arabia gets the big win. Um, Mehmet Ochoa from Mexico put, had a stand on his head performance, especially in the second half, uh, to deny Poland, Robert Lewandowski, all three points. Their match finishes nil-nil. Um, and as most people described it, that was an amazing result for Argentina to not see two mm -hmm. teams go to three points. So what we have is Saudi oh, yeah. Arabia right now tops Group C at three points. Poland and Mexico are both at one, and Argentina, through one match, is at zero points. Argentina will next be going up against Mexico, um, and Poland gets Saudi Arabia. Um, th this was the shock to the system, Wes, uh, for this World Cup. Again, that I think had mostly been going along exactly how we thought it would. This is this was the spanner in the works for this tournament, though. Uh, absolutely was. Um... God, you, you had sent me a text this morning. Uh, I didn't work today, so I got to sleep in late till almost 7.30. Um, I, I got a text from you, and I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah, there was World Cup this morning. I was thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe Argentina, Drew, or just were lazy and looked like crap. Not odd. 
no, no, no. They took that L. Um, I went back. I, I'm, I'm watching stuff on this today. I, I watched a little bit of the match just to see kind of what happened here. Argentina looked like a team who knew they were playing someone who wasn't as good as them, and mm-hmm. they were like, all right, cool. We're going to cruise. We don't have to bring our A game today. We're going to be fine. Uh, as you said, the three penal- the three uh, goals that were called back due to VAR, they were all legit. I mean, that's the thing. There were a few yeah. close ones. There were a few close ones, but, I mean, you know, there was nothing to argue about there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they were offside. Um, tactically, when you're watching that, it's like you're watching uh, Martinez. You're watching, um, uh, oh, who's my guy, Di Maria. Mm-hmm. And it's like – it's like, guys, y'all have played long enough. Y'all have played high lines. You know how to do this, right? I mean, <laughs> you're both outstanding players. Latoya Martinez is one of the best in the world right now. It's like, y'all, y'all know what you're doing. All you have to do is, you know, just not... I, why they played like on the shoulder. Why Martinez was playing on the shoulder of the last defender was crazy. As you said, a suicidal high line. There was so much room in behind that you didn't have to play even with the defender. Mm-hmm. You're Lortaro Martinez. You are, you're fast. You're pacey. You can do all these things. Let someone play you in. Take a step back. And then run by the defender because you're 10 times faster than he is anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's like they never adjusted. They got the opening goal, just figured they were going to cruise on, and there was never an adjustment for Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, Messi, there were people saying, oh, well, Messi wasn't even running. Okay, when's the last time you actually saw Messi run anywhere? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And that's not Messi hate. Messi plays, you know, obviously Messi plays at PSG. There's three of them there who don't run back, who don't track, who don't do shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) At least here there were 10 other guys running around for him, right? So you figured that wouldn't be that big of a deal because you know how Messi's going to play. So I don't really see that as much of an excuse. Well, Messi wasn't running. Okay, he hasn't run about three years now. Um, I just... I'm I'm still high on Argentina. I, I'm I'm going to call this right now. I'm going to say this was their wake up call. Thirty six yeah. straight wins. You know better what? Be. Better to hey, better to lose now and get it out of your system than lose in the sixteen or in the final eight. Mm-hmm. So let's see if this is the shot to the system <clears throat> that Argentina need because I still think this team is well built to make a deep, deep run in this tournament. And as, as I told you, I picked them to win it. Mm-hmm. I still think this team can do it, um, but they've got to they've got to a figure it out. They've got to b get their heads out of their asses, mm-hmm. um, and, and they've got to take everybody seriously here on out. They've got their mulligan. That's the great thing about a World Cup. You basically have a mulligan. Yep. You can lose one and be fine as long as you take care of your business going forward. So there you go, Argentina. Your mulligan is gone. It's up to you now. You've got to go and win through this tournament now if you want to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think Mexico does represent a fantastic... uh, a fascinating challenge for them coming up here in their second match. Because again, I, I don't think Mexico is as good as them, but we've seen Mexico nope. on the nope. world stage before in, and if there is any sort of hangover from this Saudi Arabia match, Mexico can absolutely play this Argentina team to at least a draw. And if Argentina walks into their third match against Poland mm-hmm. on one point, mm-hmm. oh, oh. We, and we, as we know, the, uh, the Argentina faithful, not known to be very patient and, and, uh, and forgiving with its players. So no, no, it's, uh, it's not a virtue for those guys. No, 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 no. So yes, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens here over in group C. Um, oh, yeah. finally in group D, uh, a little bit of a surprise yeah. as, uh, Denmark tries, they might could not break through Tunisia's defense uh, as they ended up nil-nil. 
And then after a <clears throat> bit of a surprising <clears throat> early start from Australia uh, with Craig Goodwin scoring uh, for the Socceroos in the ninth minute, uh, that, that seemed to kind of wake France <laughs> up a little bit um, as uh, they would add, get to halftime at 2-1 <clears throat> through Rabiot and Giroud. And then Mbappe and Giroud would add a another goal each in <clears throat> the second half to make it 4-1. So France sits atop Group D. Tunisia and Denmark are at, both at a point, and Australia is at zero. Um, I, I was a little <clears throat> disappointed in Denmark. Just, just in their inability to to eventually break down Tunisia, I thought they they definitely had chances and could have scored a couple times and and really, really should have gotten the three points. Um, now, now with them matching up against France, that is going to be a very tough one. Now they've already they've already done pretty well against France in the past, so they they do have that that opportunity going for them. But um, yeah, just a little disappointed in Denmark. I don't know, like not nearly as disappointed as in Argentina. Um, and I think I think we did have some reservations about France, but at least, you know, that they could have been undone by that early Australia goal and maybe just like sneak a draw or a late, late, late winner. And instead they just went out and and from then on took care of business like they were supposed to. Um starting Denmark, yeah, you know, that that was one of those just <sighs> You always kind of get like a snoozer kind of early in the tournament, mm-hmm. and that has kind of turned into the early one here. That was just like, is anything going to happen here? Um, <clears throat> yeah, Denmark just not able to find any magic. Uh, Ericsson unable to really find much room to do things in there. Tunisia locked them down pretty well and weren't much of a threat going the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a disappointing kind of uh, match to watch. Mm-hmm. Man, France. Jeez, for about 13 minutes there, I'm sitting there going, told y'all, told y'all what was going to happen to the Frenchmen. Oh, I bet they're all about to fight each other now. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, Rabio, as you said, Rabio equalized and then Olivier Giroud and his French forehead uh, start going to work. I have no idea if he ended in those couples or not. I just like saying meaty French forehead. Um <clears throat> And then at the end of the day, uh, you remember last week, I think my my big thing was, you know, the loss of N'Golo Conte for this France team. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the real uh, kicker for them. Well, I forgot they had Aurelian Chouameni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's so good. Yeah. God, Liverpool won him so bad in the summer. He ends up going to Madrid. I mean, you know, that's what it is. But Chouameni comes in there, and he looks like, I mean, at the end of the match, it's like N'Golo, who? Conte, what? <laughs> Man, I forget sometimes that France is just freaking loaded. Uh, Rabio always seems to play pretty well for the national team. Um, and, and Giroud just... Giroud just scores, man. Mm-hmm. Giroud just scores. And since we potted last two, Kareem Benzema out of the tournament. Right. Yeah, that was a big one. So you're basically looking at France with three of their biggest stars in Conte, Pogba, and now uh, Benzema out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they drop a four spot on Australia to start it. Um, you know, going forward, uh, I think France should cruise through this group stage. We'll see what happens when the competition picks up. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, France, they're just deep enough that they just, man, they just keep coming. It's its like playing the Georgia damn Bulldogs. When one goes down, another five-star steps in, and they just keep rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. Hunker down, you hairy dogs. Oh, my goodness. Um, and hunker down, you hairy Frenchman. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, nah, they'll just run away. Um, so smoke and have sex with my socks on. <laughs> so, so we're recording this on Tuesday night. Um, groups E and F uh, will be yeah. taking place uh, the day after you record. So that'll be uh, mm-hmm. that we'll have Germany, Spain, uh, sorry, Germany, Japan, Spain, Costa mm-hmm. Rica taking place, and then uh, as well as Morocco, Croatia, and, versus, and Belgium versus Canada. Um, and then on Thanksgiving Day, uh, mm-hmm. Group G and H will get started. Switzerland versus Cameroon. Versus, 
Brazil's born of superstars, man. The only kind of football I want on my Thanksgiving. <laughs> Switzerland versus Cameroon, Brazil versus Serbia, and then a group Group H. Uh, we have Uruguay versus South Korea and Portugal versus Ghana. Um, so that again, because then I can guarantee you that nearly all these teams have more star power than the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Hell yes, uh, as I joked about with uh, with one of our one of our few listeners of the pod. Uh, uh, Mama, Mama Green, uh, the, uh, the the Brazilian tradition of gathering around a turkey and mm-hmm. watching the national team play in the World Cup. Truly, truly a tradition unlike any other. Somebody get John Madden out of the ground. That's mean. <laughs> oh, look at that Neymar. Wow. <laughs> he kicked the ball. You know, you know, Ed, you gotta, you gotta kick the ball to score. You gotta kick the ball to goal. And if you get more goals, you win the game. Neymar's just coming here on the right side and boom, puts his foot in there, gets it in. Great goal. Great goal, Pat. Great uh, goal. Look at that. Tough hat in tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> so, right before we move on from the World Cup, I do want to ask you very quickly. You, you mentioned it briefly, but I, I do want to see how you're feeling. You said. Um, your your pre-tournament prediction was Argentina to beat England in the final. Have you wavered on that at all now through half of the first round, Robin? Hell no, God. Dude, you guys never take my picks for the World Cup. I think literally... So I've been watching the World Cup like really hard since like 2006. Um, since 2006, 10... 14, 18. So this is like my fifth World Cup. I think three times I've picked Argentina to win it now. <laughs> Just because I'm like, I'm like, what? They got Messi. And man, I think Argentina's due. And oh man, Argentina. And then I picked England once. So yeah, don't. <laughs> I think, I, I think in the last one, I was like, oh, England, Argentina, Battle of the Faroe Islands. I, I just, I desperately want this rematch of the Faroe Islands like <laughs> war from like 1983 just to happen for some reason. I don't know why I want this to happen so bad. I think it's like, it's like for, it's like the 86 World Cup, Maradona, Hand of God. It's like, this just needs to happen again. And it has happened again. It just needs to happen in the final. Whatever. I don't know. I just, I don't ever like picking Brazil because that's too easy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't pick the French because fuck the French. <laughs> and I don't. I just don't think the Germans are good enough this year. So there you go. There's my. There's my expert analysis of the World Cup. Dynamite. Dynamite. Germans aren't good enough. Not picking Brazil because everybody else does. And fuck France. That, that works worth? for me. That works for me. Um. So as we as we hit now the news and notes, um, we're not going to go <clears> super <throat> in depth in every one of these stories, but I do want to group these five stories together. Oh. Um. One from Awful Announcing. Uh, we talked about the rainbow uh, ba- uh, armbands. Uh, BBC presenter Alex Scott wore her One Love armband after FIFA threatened the team captains. Oh, um, so she wore hers during the uh, the BBC Sport uh, coverage of the event. And she was actually on the pitch side there. Uh, another one from Awful Announcing. Argentinian TV reporter allegedly robbed while broadcasting live from World <laughs> Cup and Qatar. Um, apparently there was like a dance kind of going on and, uh, Dominga Metzger, do, oh, sorry, Dominique Metzger basically said, you know, while I was dancing with the crowd, I'm convinced that it was at that moment when someone opened the bag zipper and took my wallet. Uh, the, the, if you want to get into the terrifying part of this article, um, the Telegraph previously reported 20,000 cameras with facial recognition technology are being used at the World Cup. Police told Metzger she would be able to choose between five years in prison or deportation as a punishment for the alleged pickpocketer. Now, look, pickpocketing sucks. I hate anybody that does it. It really blows. Five years in prison or deportation is a little extreme. And to Metzger's credit, she said, you know, I told him I just want my wallet back. I won't be making the decision for the justice system, which... Oh, I thought Ooh. you got to like take a hand over there for theft. Oh, that's that's Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then they take a whole arm. Um, oh, that's what I'm talking about. 
Simon Hughes, writing for The Athletic, life after building Qatar's World Cup, told by shattered survivors and devastated families. Uh, obviously, the micro worker to, to build the stadiums has been a big talking point. Um, the New York Times had the beer, the ban on beer story, which is the latest flashpoint in World Cup culture clash. And then uh, also from all, all announcing, Greg Grant Wall um, walked in to get his uh, or was walking into a World Cup match to cover it, had on a rainbow shirt and was detained. So just bang up job, really, by Qatar and all this. This is this has been easily, easily one of of all the World Cups there has ever been. This has certainly been one of them. Um just God <laughs> This bless. is certainly and, the one in the winter. Also, th- it's great that this is a video, uh, not a video podcast, because right now I'm expressing how I feel to all the uh, the athletic commentators who keep saying that they shouldn't be reporting all this, and this is all biased and terrible that that the athletic is reporting all these horrible things that are happening. This is this is my response. No one can see it, but just know it's happening. Do I hear birds tweeting? Oh, two of them, in fact. Um, well, yeah. one of my, some of my favorite ones have been the uh, Facebook comment commenters. Oh God! Ooh, oh, Facebook! Facebook is just oh God! Facebook is like might as well be the dark web when it comes to this crap. Um, basically saying, you know, hey, you're in their country, you do what they say, you don't have a choice. Bravo for Qatar! Oh so, yeah. God. <sighs> I, I, I like the ones where it's like, well, it, it doesn't matter. It do, it, it, who, who cares, you know, if, if they, they don't like uh, or they have t- tough policies against the LGBTQ plus community. Who, who cares? What does that have to do with the World Cup? I'm like, well, it might strike you to know that probably at least one of the players in this tournament is gay. I know that may be a shock to some of you, but at least one of them is probably gay and also probably <laughs> some of the fans are probably gay. So, you know, it probably matters to them, especially as we've seen Qatar kind of flip here at the last second on a few things. Probably kind Mm. of an issue for their safety. Just saying. Kind of matters for them. Mm. So, just saying. Just just saying. It's it's not a pretty, it's not a pretty situation and people, oh, just shut up and shut up and play ball. That's how you feel in life. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, and you know, I'm just you know, I I love that. Well, the the United States is terrible. The England is is terrible. France is terrible. Mm. There's there's tons of like, yeah, these places <clears throat> kind of suck too. But you know what? I, 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 my favorite comeback to these has been, yeah, and reporters call them out on their shit, and mm-hmm. by and large, those reporters don't end up dead. Just saying that, yeah, that's that's a, one that's, a, that's a that's a good way to be a reporter is not a dead reporter. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to to make sure you can still practice your craft to not be dead. Not um, be dead. So yeah, just tons of bullshit, tons of terrible, awful bullshit. I I, I hope it slows down as we go along. I I but I've also learned at this point to not hope for things with this World Cup. So. Yeah. All right, let's head back yeah, to the prim, like, where all, all things are good. Um oh god, the prim. I forgot all about the prim. So a couple a couple Manchester United story. Well, I don't have a, a second United story, but I, I did oh. see this posted. Um first, this one coming from David Ornstein is an actual story here on the Athletic. Uh Manchester United agree Cristiano Ronaldo exit with immediate effect. His contract has been terminated. He he got his wish. He's no longer imposed to whatever contractual obligations United have set out for him. He's a free man. He can do now whatever you want, except probably go to the United States. Um, oh. Every time. Every time. Um, All right. So that, that, that the, uh, that's, that's taken into effect immediately. It also did come out today that there is there has been rumblings that the Glazers may be looking to sell the, <coughs> the control of the team. Which is also very interesting, especially because that is one of the things that was called out in the interviews. Um, so two big developments here, uh, and again, I'm sorry, I don't actually have a, a story from the athletic to to back up the uh, the Glazer talk. Um, but 
West, the two exceptionally big developments um, for this club that had started to kind of find their footing this season again under Eric Ten Hag. Um, I mean, I think for Ten Hag, this is the best thing that could have happened for him. A, you get the distraction out, and B, none of it falls back on you. Mm-hmm. No matter how much Ronaldo wanted to try to throw it on you, all he all he did as he was trying to back a bus over Ten Hog was um, not realize he was driving a backhoe and digging his own grave. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this this may have been the biggest win-win for Manchester United there could have possibly been. Um, you know, the only thing I'm sure they would have liked to have get, gotten a fee for him, but mm-hmm. hell, I think even looking back now, if they could have just gone in the summer and been like, look, dude, just just go. Yeah. Just we'll let you go on a free. Problem is during the summer that would have been you know um, that would have been uh, suicide among the fan base and United of course bow to the whims of the crowd all the time. United is basically like Rome during the, oh. during like the really screwed up years. Okay. Where it's okay. like oh well the crowd wants people to be eaten by tigers. Well throw the tigers some other people throw them some criminals. Sure why the hell not? It's what the crowd wants. Uh, Ronaldo gone, it um, it frees up Ten Hag, A, to be able to play the kind of game he wants, uh, B, not have to worry about fitting Ronaldo in, and C, it gets Ronaldo the hell away from his locker room where he doesn't have to deal with that diva bullshit. Mm-hmm. So for me, worst case scenario, for United, best case scenario. Yeah. Uh, as for the Glazers, I ain't got nothing on that. I just know they're the Glazers, and ha ha ha. I do think it's it's interesting that now in 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 the span of about a month, <clears throat> two of the biggest clubs in England could potentially be up for sale, um, in, in United and Liverpool. Um, and I do think that that's it's interesting to think about both of those clubs being up for sale. And if if you're <laughs> an investor, like which which one would you go to? Obviously, United has you know the the brand profile. That they've spent years and mm-hmm. years and years and years and years and years and years building. Um, Liverpool, of course, have the the more recent. Not that the, I I know they have history. Everyone don't don't I don't mm-hmm. get twisted. But they've had a very good recent patch, um, and still have a very good squad overall. A very good manager who's committed to being there at least a couple more years. Um, that also looks like a and no slouches in the brand recognition department themselves. Um, mm-hmm. It it does make it seem like. Obviously, price asking prices both clubs will be asking for it can be very different. Um, but I do think it's interesting if you're an investor now, which which direction you go, and and obviously, Wes, I know you, I know which way you would lean. Um, but I I do find it interesting if you're an investor now, seeing two of the biggest clubs in England potentially being open for sale. Like where where does your eyes start to wonder if you can if you could get either one of those. I wonder what kind of groups are going to be in for these two. Like, because we, we've talked about it before. There's only a certain, there, there's not a finite number of people or conglomerates that can afford these. Yep. These are both really, really big time. They're massive. And neither ownership group is under any need to sell. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's that going for them. Neither of them are, you know, oh, neither of them are in the Chelsea position of desperately have to sell. So they're both going to hold out and get the best deal they can get. Um, I don't know. I, you don't have to know. I don't know. You know, I'm, I've I've always said the whole time I don't really want Liverpool becoming an oil money club. Mm-hmm. I would really appreciate if United didn't just because, I mean, you guys know the love in my heart for Manchester United. Man, United are just, they're like Liverpool in the way that these are classic old clubs mm-hmm. that have done it, quote unquote, the right way over the years. Mm-hmm. 
man, I don't want to see it change. I don't, I don't want to see them change so much that suddenly it's just oil money, oil money, oil money. I, I think it, <sighs> kind of what you're saying is if I, if I can throw an analogy out there, mm -hmm. I imagine it's a lot of, especially if you go back to like the kind of the seventies and the eighties, probably mm -hmm. how a lot of Celtics fans looked at Lakers fans and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, God, I hate your fucking <clears throat> guts. But it's yeah. really fun to go up against you in the finals every year. And I, I don't I don't I yeah. don't want you to be bad. I want to be the one who takes you down. And, mm -hmm. and and the game is more interesting when it's that way, with all due respect to the other the other teams in the NBA and the other clubs in football. It it's more interesting when it that rivalry is is good and pure in a way. Um so I, I completely yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I just and then I mean I'm just I'm all about the sport not going down this oil money everywhere kind of deal. So <sighs> those two, especially as big a brands as those two are, as big a clubs as those two are, if you could keep them off of the oil money, I just think it'd be better for everyone else too. Yeah, it, it does. My worry is that, and I'm, I don't, believe this is an original thought in any way shape or form mm -hmm. but my my worry is that city has started an arms race mm -hmm. newcastle are the latest newcomers onto that scene mm -hmm. and and i don't know where it stops doesn't mean you necessarily have to go with oil money obviously chelsea went with an american and todd Bowley, so you don't mm -hmm. have to necessarily go oil money but the the allure of of having near unlimited financial backing because we know that financial fair play is a joke. It is yeah. it it has forced because I was thinking today because I was on the the Spurs Reddit and there was an argument about um oh they were the the question was posed you know hey United and Liverpool both might be up for sale what do we think you know could could Spurs potentially be up for sale with Enoch? And there was somebody in there who was like, yeah, bring on the fucking oil money. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, because if we don't, if we don't get oil money, if we, if we don't get a, a ton of money in the club, uh, we're going to be stuck in Europa League forever. And it's like, dude, there's already a big six, especially now that Arsenal's kind of made its way back a little bit. Mm -hmm. If if United gets a, an insane source of funding, if Liverpool gets an insane source of funding, if Newcastle is smart, we're already now potentially up to a big seven. And there's always some random ass team who doesn't have European commitments that year. Because like West Ham last year, Wolves for a couple years, Leicester for a time. There's always going to be some other random team that's jumping up there. That's eight teams for four Champions League spots. Mm -hmm. math is no longer on your side i don't give a shit how much money you have because eventually all eight of those teams will have similar money if this arms race continues so yep. just getting oil money doesn't guarantee you champions league at that point so i that's why i'm so also so against all of this extra money coming into the league because the arms race will just continue. And then it's like, all right, well we spent a bajillion dollars on our roster and we finished fifth because four clubs above us spent a bajillion and $5. Like what it's, it's a nightmare spiral that I can see us going into because uh, this is the mm -hmm. cynic in me coming out and it sucks. Sadly, it's, uh, it just seems to be the direction we're going, and <sighs> this is why they wanted the Super League. <laughs> when it when it really comes down to it, this is why they wanted the Super League, because eventually, the when there's only four spots for a big six or a big seven or a big eight, the math isn't really on your side anymore. You, it's the big six. You you might have a two thirds chance of making it to the Champions League. Big eight, you maybe have a 50% chance. Any more than that, good fucking luck. So, yep. Huh. 
a little more stories. <sighs> Speaking of Man City and their their overarching dominance, uh, this also coming from David Ornstein along with Paul Ballas and Sam Lee. Uh, City and manager Pep Guardiola have agreed to a two-year contract extension commuting to the club until 2025. Um, so we will see more Klopp and Guardiola clashes here for the next three years. Um, which great for the neutrals, but again, as I said, this is this is bad for mm-hmm. anyone who wanted to see City's dominance. I guess kind of go away. So the City I have mean, now just, three years to win the Champions League, and I guess just uh, just always a little surprising when he keeps signing extensions because you always kept hearing, "Oh, Pep doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have it in yep. for the long haul." Yeah, Pep must be very happy with Manchester City to continue to continue doing this. So. Working on ten years now, aren't we? It, uh, by the time that contract is finished. Might be. Let's look real quick. Let's see when Pep Guardiola come to City. Uh, um, 2015-16? yeah. Oh, his first year was 2016? So yeah, 17. yeah. I think it was 16-17, okay. but yeah, still, I mean... That's about 10 years? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be near a decade. If he sees it out, that's going to be near a decade. And for Pep, I mean, that's... That's a lot. That's a, that's a long time for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Marsha. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't at Barcelona that long. He wasn't at Bayern that long. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's just uh, he's just sticking around. And I mean, why not? He's doing a great job, and they're taking care of him. And as long as he's happy, you know, why leave? Don't don't put a don't put an end date on yourself. You know, just yeah. mm-hmm. stay as long as you want. So absolutely. Um. Our final, our final story uh, in our news and notes section here, um, which, oh, this one hurt. Oh, this one hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Adam Crafton. And uh, it gets a whole new color on it after the result of today. Um, he sold himself to the devil. Uh, messy 2030 and a very uncomfortable deal with Saudi <laughs> Arabia. Um, so essentially... You know, last year there's 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 ramping up for bids for World Cup 2030. Uh, there was one. Uh, the the only confirmed one, as the article states, is from a, a joint bid between Spain, Portugal, and the Ukraine. Uh, there has been talks of one that was going to be between Argentina and Uruguay, and uh, Suarez was and uh, as well as Paraguay and Chile. Um, Luis Suarez was going to be kind of the face of Uruguay for that, and Lionel Messi was kind of supposed to be the the face of the Argentina part of it, even if he's probably not going to be at the 2030 World Cup as a player. Um, and of course, there's the whole, you know, 100th anniversary, the centennial, where it was originally in Uruguay back in uh, 1930. Uh, 1930. So it would be a, a great job to have it back there for that. Um, and then it, you know, kind of came out um, back in May that, well... Messi signed a lucrative agreement to promote the state of Saudi Arabia. And wouldn't you look, Saudi Arabia is partnering with Greece and Egypt to potentially host the World Cup in 2030. And while there hasn't been anything that states Messi will be linked and part of that that's, uh, promotion, it's hard not to connect the dots on this. And again, you know, not not def- 100%, I want to say, not saying Messi threw the game today against Saudi Arabia for these reasons. Don't don't get that shit twisted. But, but. It, it does suck. Obviously, especially if you're an Argentina fan to see, hey, you know, this has been the face of our football taking on the mantle from Maradona. And now you may potentially see him politicking for another company country that he has no connection to other than they're paying him a lot of money. And if that happens, that would really suck. And I like, I know there's like been some stuff with like the tax fraud with Messi, but Messi always felt like he had like a little bit of the moral high ground on Ronaldo when it comes to like that, who like that whole debate between the two. If, (laughs) if this goes through and it's for real and, and he does end up helping the Saudi Arabian bid instead of maybe the, the Argentina Uruguay bid that, that goes away. This would be an absolute travesty if he ends up doing this. And again, Messi doesn't need this money. 
he he simply doesn't. <laughs> so for him to go through with this would be a shame. I already think it's scummy that he's aligning himself with them. But if he puts, if he's like the face of their marketing for twenty a uh, twenty thirty World Cup bid, I, I'm I'm done, man. That that's that's a red line. I don't want to see anyone cross. God, for years it's been, oh, are you Messi or you Ronaldo? Yeah, I think I can officially say I'm either. They yeah. were great. They were amazing players. That's about it, man. You know, you can't you can't trust pro athletes to be role models. Charles Barkley was right. Mm-hmm. He was right all those years ago. I'm not a role model. Don't tell your kids to grow up to be like me. You know, just don't because I will disappoint you. And I mean that's sadly just where we are, man. You know these two—they're special players. They're amazing on the pitch, but that's just where that's just where it needs to stop. Just where I, it needs to stop. Other than that, they are guys who are out for them. I can't remember two a pair of players who were at the top of their game. For as long as two guys like Messi and Ronaldo were, that have seen the end of their career potentially just be littered with all this garbage. I mean, Ronaldo again with you know the stuff that potentially happened in the United States, um, and then to have you know the the interview and his horrible time here at United, and God only knows where he's going to end up now, as as we joked about in the. That in texting today, it may it may be one of those countries, um, and then Messi to do all this, you know, you know, Jordan kind of came back and tarnished his legacy a little bit with the Wizards because he kind of sucked for them, but nothing, and he hasn't been a great executive in Charlotte, um, but nothing. I can't remember really anything on this level, especially with two of the greatest to ever do it. And it's happening at almost the exact same time that they're ruining their legacies like this. Just, oh man, insane. So and their fanboy and their fanboys just don't give a shit. Nope, they don't. Literally, Messi and Ronaldo could walk on the. They could walk to midfield of the World Cup final, pull down their shorts, take a steaming dump, and grab the captain's armband and wipe their ass with it. And their fans would sit there and just go back and forth over who took the better dump. Yeah, but you know Joe Buck wouldn't like that. No, Joe Buck would not appreciate that. <laughs> he doesn't like pulling the pants down on a field, real or imagined. No, 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 don't do that. No, uh, no, 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 no. Poor, poor Randy Moss. Um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just where we are. It's like. God, it's just the fact that there are like sycophants out there who just see no problem in anything that these two guys do. It's just, man, whatever. Get over yourself. Bro, I, I support. I support clubs, man. I support my club. Yeah, I just roll with it. Pro tip uh, for any of you out there who's still in the hellscape oh, on this Twitter. Pro tips for Red Green. Here we go. Uh, if you're on Twitter. Uh, and you see someone commenting and their profile picture is of any soccer player, just disregard what they're saying immediately. Just <laughs> just take their opinion and throw it in the trash. I really don't care what they're saying. Just it's it, not worth it. It's not. Nope. 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 No. Uh, soccer, soccer PFPs and anime PFPs. If you do it, disregard their opinion. Just I better go change out my photo of Allison Becker. Never mind. <laughs> I follow oh, you dearly. on Twitter. I know that's not what it is. <laughs> oh, dear, you're right. How about Randy Randall? <laughs> that's that's mm. what a fitting tribute that would be to good old Rando. Oh, um, all right, uh, we can we can kind of then finish off the pod and just pimp the athletic a little bit here, Wes. Uh, what you, what you been reading on here? Uh, let's take a quick look at the old athletic. Of course, it is a huge, huge week in college football. Um, you've got the big rivalry games coming up. Uh, <laughs> the big talk this week, um, of course, Michigan-Ohio State show, with the showdown on Saturday at the Horseshoe. Uh, basically, the winner is in the 14 college football playoff. Um, 
the loser might still have a chance, but they're going to have a tough time. You know why they wouldn't have a tough time is when we get to the 12-team playoff. Stuart mm-hmm. Mandel uh, each week has been going through, and what would the 12-team expanded field look like this week? Not North Carolina. And this week, uh, uh, not North Carolina this week. Sorry. I think they were borderline last week, but now they've screwed themselves at it. Yep. Um, you would have a number one Georgia versus a number four USC, a number three TCU versus a number two Ohio State. And you know what? That might be what we actually get. Mm-hmm. But man, think if we had the week before, we had Clemson, Oregon, Michigan, Tulane, LSU, Penn State, and a rematch of Bama, Tennessee. How freaking fun would that be? That's pretty good. I am so into the 12 team playoff. I want it. I want it. I want it. I wish it was this year. I wish they were doing it next year. Whenever they actually do do it, it's going to be freaking great. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, Take a look around. What else did I have this week? Uh, Let's see if I saved any stories this week. Um, Of course, uh, David Beckham, ambassador for Qatar, explained. This was a reprint of an article that was first published back in November. Uh, just one, you know, Beckham is just one of those icons. He's kind of like Messi. He's an icon. And it's like, dude, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You're better than this. Why? Why are we dealing with this? <sighs> um, and uh, finally, what was this last one I had in here? Uh, we mentioned him earlier. He was the goal scorer. Jude Bellingham, Liverpool, Manchester United, the battle to sign the England star. Uh, once again, this is a republish from September 2022. I think they've added a little bit of stuff to it. But uh, Jude Bellingham, I believe he's 19. Mm-hmm. He's got a World Cup goal. Um, he is a, uh, a regular for one of the top teams in Germany. It looks like it, it would surprise a lot of people if he's still in Germany at the start of next season. Where is he going to go? That's a big question. He, he is uh, Jew Bellingham at this moment has the world at his feet. Um, a lot of smoke with Liverpool, Manchester United are in that battle. Uh, Real Madrid have been connected with him um, as, as they're looking to Madrid, looking to maybe complete the reshape of their midfield. God, if they brought in Bellingham, Jesus Christ, that'd be just terrifying for Europe for the next decade. <laughs> Um, but just wanted to keep an eye on man. Jude is he's an excellent player, uh, is off to a great World Cup. Uh, we'll see how it goes for him. I, I, nothing but a good, a good World Cup does nothing but I think just raise the price on Jude Bellingham. So, you know, maybe I need him to go fuck up a little bit so Liverpool can have a real <laughs> chance to get him. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, big time, man. Just just big time player, and he he is on his stage now for the world to see. Absolutely. Got already on, on the board here with one early, <laughs> and we'll see if he can pick up a couple more for England. Um, one story about The Athletic, but it's actually coming from Awful Announcing. Um, the <clears throat> Athletic is doubling women's sports coverage through a partnership with Google. Um, so they're going to fund a major expansion of women's <clears throat> sports coverage at The Athletic which is pretty interesting. Um, they're going to be breaking into especially women's basketball as well as women's soccer, which already is fairly big, especially here in the United States. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested. They're also going to be starting some podcasts as well as newsletters focused on women's sports. Um, so hopefully uh, that will be a really good thing and that a lot of people and that there's a market for it. So that would be really, really awesome. Um, as well, this is by just a good story feel good story to end the pod on uh by ken rosenthal uh mlb investigating whether mets and yankees communicated improperly about aaron judge (sighs) (laughs) feels good man feels real hopefully hopefully they all just totally fuck themselves over and they just get absolutely smacked around so that'd be so much fun but go go check out rosenthal's article on it uh to get all the all the details on what may or may not have happened um but that is going to do it for this edition of the a foreign fair podcast episode 440 is in the books uh thanks as always to our podcast providers including anchor 
is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, in addition, we're on social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Fratzel 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, so with that, again, we'll be back next week more of our regular time um breaking down all the latest goings on at the world cup hopefully more talk about what's happening on the pitch than off of it but before we get out of here wes as we get trudge off to thanksgiving anything else you want to add this is the last week of the college football regular season my god it's come it's gone uh robbery week you've got uh we mentioned earlier michigan ohio state you've got the iron bowl this weekend uh good old-fashioned hate georgia georgia tech uh friday we've got nc state north carolina um still a big game two teams who are trying to keep their seasons on track uh facing off with each other um and thursday night folks the egg bowl mississippi mississippi state is lane kiffin coaching his last game for the Rebels before heading to Auburn. I don't know, but you should check it out because screw the NFL. It's not nearly as cool as college football. <laughs> so, yes, football, 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 football. There you I go. There's so it. much, so much happening here <laughs> in this next week. So make sure you check it out and then come on back here next week to get our thoughts on it. So for my calling crime with Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. And until next time, please, everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Cristiano. Hey, maybe you just don't buy a return ticket and just stay in Qatar. I'm sure you'll get paid, bro. Mm-hmm. You'll get that money. You might not get Champions League football, but you'll get ah, your money. Get paid. Keep Leo with you. Ooh, if uh, Argentina doesn't do good, he might not be coming back. So, get paid, young man. Get paid. Alrighty. Uh, All right, free. That was good. Let me go.